Welcome to the Secret of a Successful Life series, Psalm 23:4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. With the death of her parents in the 1918 flu, this verse gave comfort and strength to Clara. Goodbye is not forever. When it comes to funerals, some services are easier than others. When a young person suddenly dies, there is a pain that is felt throughout the community. In the fall of 1918, there were so many young people dying from the flu that many communities experienced some very stressful times. The funeral services for my parents were held together. Because preacher John and Papa were best of friends, this service was really hard on him. For the funeral text, we chose a scripture that Papa had tried to live by. In Matthew 23, Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. The Lord replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verses 37-39 It was shared that after his father had died, Oscar rejected the church. It took some time before his heart softened, but when he gave his life to Jesus, he was committed 1,000%. Preacher John expressed how Mary and Oscar had worked very hard for the Lord's kingdom and that they had left several jobs of services to be filled. They had worked hard to develop a stronger congregation, a job that every Christian should take part in. After talking about my parents, Preacher John started to talk about the life I had before me. He explained how I had had my parents for 10 years, yet in those years my parents had done much to prepare me to face the future. For one thing, they did not leave me fatherless. The faith in God that our family had helped each other at various times in our lives. In the coming years, my faith in God would help me to meet the challenges that would come before me. But he wanted to give me a challenge, not to become bitter like my papa did when he lost his dad. That was something that papa struggled to tell me with his dying breath. Then John went on to tell of the hope that we have in looking forward to heaven. With the life Jesus offered my parents and each of us, we could see them again. John concluded by saying, For the Christian, goodbye is not forever. After the funeral, my parents were laid to rest on the hill of the Cedar Grove Cemetery. Someday, my body will be buried beside them, along with my husband, who preceded me in death several years ago. Now, Rosalind, our bodies will be buried there, but our spirits will already be with God. That is a hope that I have lived with and have been able to live my life all these years. After the flu was over and people had some time to think about how they reacted there were a variety of responses made toward our family. 
There were neighbors that Papa had helped in the past, but did not offer to help when he was sick. Afterwards, there was some major regret on their part. Even though Oscar and Mary were gone, their legacy was not forgotten for what they had done in the community and church. In a few months, the young soldiers that Oscar wrote to during the war were coming home. When David Benson came home, he came to see me at Grandpa and Grandma Hunt's house where I was staying then. David shared that he was very sorry to hear about their deaths. He explained that Papa's letters gave him a lot of encouragement when he really needed it. The jokes from home and, more importantly, the scriptures from God's Word to help him when he was feeling discouraged were greatly appreciated. I have to make that up to him somehow, he said. Clara, I know that you never had a big brother, but I want you to think of me as your brother, and I will do anything I can to help you. Your papa and mama were very special to me. Grandpa Hunt had written David about my parents' death and asked him to consider farming our farm on a renter's basis. Grandpa expressed that he knew Papa would feel that this was the thing to do and would be pleased if David would do that. After thinking it over, David graciously accepted that offer. Our community was greatly affected by the deaths of my parents. When the people started to get over the shock, people started to wonder what they could do to honor my parents. In the church, Papa and Mama had done so many things. There were several people who were content to just sit back and watch while they did the work. The church was at a crossroads concerning what would happen. Someone needed to step up to the plate and take over some of the jobs they did. Papa's friend, Fred Williams had been thinking of giving his life to the Lord because Papa had talked to him several times about doing that. Even though it was winter, he requested to be baptized. Now, that was a test of faith for Fred. With the great flu just getting over, he wanted a hole cut in the ice in the creek north of the church and to be immersed in baptism. Rosalind, that is the baptism that is found in the Bible. The people in the Bible were baptized right away after they made that decision. Did you realize that the Apostle Paul did not eat or drink anything for three days before he was baptized? He didn't eat anything until after he was baptized. That shows the importance those people in the Bible placed on getting baptized and right away. There are still people that do that yet today. Getting back to Fred Williams' story, well... Preacher John did not stop him, but added this comment. Fred, if Oscar was here, I know that he would love to have the honor of baptizing you. I also know that he would want us to be careful about doing this so that no one gets sick from this. Although I've never heard of anyone who was being baptized that got sick from it, I believe God gives an extra grace for that, even in cold weather. So Oscar would want us to set up a bonfire and a place for us to change clothes after the baptism. Now, how do I know that? You see, Oscar and I once heard about a preacher in Nebraska that told of a baptism where a man was baptized in the dead of winter. Right after the baptism, the man who was immersed in the stream headed straight for home in his cold, wet clothes. The man had to walk about a half mile. 
when Oscar and I discussed that, Oscar said, why didn't that church care enough to have a fire going and a place for the man to change clothes? It would seem to me that if they really cared about people, they would do that. So Fred, let's take a wagon load of wood from the church wood pile to make a warm fire. We will get a big tarp out of Oscar's machine shed and set it over the wagon so we can change our clothes. Fred said, that will be fine. Let's get started. Fred Williams would go on to become a strong worker in the Lord's kingdom. He had his own ideas that God gave him, but he would have made my papa proud with the things he did for Christ. There were other changes in the hearts of people after my parents died. Those changes showed what God can do yet today in the lives of people who want to live for Him. Preacher John and his wife Neva would continue to minister in our community. Eventually, I would spend more and more time in their home becoming an unofficial adopted daughter. Sometime later, Grandpa Hunt showed me the envelope that Mr. Hilner had given him for my safekeeping. That money became a special college fund that helped me to get a good Bible and teaching education. By the time I was getting old enough to go to a college, the Bible school that Preacher John had attended in Des Moines was so liberal that I was not encouraged to go there. However, Preacher John had been reading about some new schools that promised to hold to biblical values. There was a Bible college in Minnesota called Minnesota Bible College. At the time I was looking for a school to go to, there was talk about a new Bible school in Manhattan, Kansas that was committed to teaching the Bible with the respect it is due. That school would become Manhattan Christian College. The school I decided to attend was located in Ohio and had been started just a few years earlier, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. While at the Bible College, I would marry my husband and have been involved in Christian service ever since. But that is another story for another time. So Rosalind, I hope that what I've shared with you will help you for your research paper. You asked me for the secret of my long life. I have to say that there have been many problems. You would have to agree that losing both parents and a baby brother or sister before birth was tough. There were other problems, like a depression, another world war, other wars, and many other types of problems in life. But in order to face the day-by-day -day troubles, I have found you have to have a faith in God to walk with Him every day. Rosalind, the secret of a successful life, in my observation, is to live by the two greatest commands that Jesus taught. To love God with all our hearts, soul, and minds, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. My parents did that, and in turn, our family, the community, and the church were influenced for the better. You can do the same. Thank you for listening to the Secret of a Successful Life series. This chapter concludes Volume 1 in this series. We will continue with Clara and her family 
through the many life experiences they share. Join us as Clara continues in her walk with God.